I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Mulan. Welcome back to another episode of Moving Along, and today's a special episode because we're bringing on our very first guests that are also podcast hosts. So a little bit more into that later on, but we're going to start off with our weekly recap. So Ming, do you want to share about your week? Okay. Um, I'm actually excited to share about my week because I think last week I really got into like some hobbies that are different from what I normally do well I mean I still was reading a lot but I also was inspired by Sally to pick up crocheting because uh, my grandma taught me how to crochet when I was in like elementary school it was a long time ago and I used to do it all the time we just make like crochet little squares and like scarves and stuff but (laughs) I stopped doing it like well before high school so I picked it up again this weekend and I was doing it and it was so much fun and very relaxing because I was able to like watch a show but like still do something with my hands instead of using my phone and okay I'm gonna show you what I made and it kind of looks my sister called it a pig and my Stefan called it a hamster but it's it's a triceratops oh it's so yeah, round it's a yeah okay that's why they said it's a hamster and a pig because it's so round I think I overstuffed it but (laughs) yeah this is what I spent my entire weekend doing because it took me so long to figure out how to do it but Mm -hmm. um, yeah I was working on this and it was just a lot of fun and like I said I wasn't using my phone and so like one night I was I realized I was like crocheting this for like three plus hours and I hadn't looked at my phone (laughs) once Mm -hmm. like it was like in a different room and I was like wow this is really healthy for me but um other than that i was doing another hobby too i started playing a new game on switch too what is so i i re-entered switch and um is it hollow on Knight? sunday I... no actually not i played animal crossing but then i got bored so i bought the game that i had played with stefan like once and it's called ori in the blind forest and it's another platformer game where it's like a cute little like creature like running around but um mm-hmm. it has a lot more like obstacles i guess and like it's a, a big like timing game so you have to like time when you jump and stuff like that oh, and it's like it's like super mario or whatever you know like the mario game where it's like a platform and then you like jump yeah. on the mushrooms and no it's like yeah, we a lot have of the internet and then it's like the little dinosaur on the chrome tab <laughs> <laughs> okay but it's like not that's not that simple linda it's it's yeah, it's like that tor- type of timing, though, where you like have to mm-hmm. time your jumps and you have to fight people. But a lot of it is just like figuring out how to move a- around. And I got pretty into it. I've been playing it every day. So new hobbies, you know, it's kind of <laughs> nice. And I can finally talk to him about video games for a little bit, which is oh, nice. That's nice. But in terms of the rest of my life, it's pretty much like boring. So <laughs> that's all on my end. Uh, Linda? Um, what is it? The report. I feel like every day we run through like a media, a hobby, and like work. So I guess the media yep. is. I've been watching Steven Universe like about four years too late, and it's really cute. Like I watched the other one, and I don't know. The kid is just so good, and the characters are really, I guess, well formed and. 
I think I wanted to watch an English show so I can draw and still like know what's going on. But suddenly I found myself like getting sucked into the show and like my pen is like clutching, hovering over my <laughs> iPad and I'm like so invested in it. But it's super pretty too. And it's like very easy to watch. Um, and oh my God. What hey, Linda, is it one of those um, like shows? It's on Cartoon Network, right? Or it was on Cartoon Network? Yeah. It's on Hulu now. Is it like a kid's show? Yeah, it's oh, like okay. a cartoon yeah. show. Is it one of those shows that it's like for kids, but also has like a deeper, like more complex plots mm-hmm. that adults can realize? Or is it? Okay. Yeah. So I think the themes that are coming out now is like mm. colonialism, like because they're aliens coming to space. And then the main character is like a kid. And he's like dealing with his, the loss of his mom, who he didn't know, but like everyone else around him knows the mom. So there's like those themes as well, which is nice. And I don't know, people ask me at work, like, how's quarantine? It's like I've already run out of things to do. I already got a tattoo. Yeah. I already cut my bangs. I already dyed a strip <laughs> of my hair. So oh my God. I think I want another hand tattoo. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you still you have all the tools, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of scared, though, but maybe one day it'll be, like, past the limit. When you're bored um, enough. Yeah, when you're bored <laughs> enough, you can start to do mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Nice. Sally. Mm, so, I guess, I don't know. I kind of want to, after listening to your updates, I kind of want to do, like, all three like a media hobby <laughs> and a work update go for it but so originally i was just thinking about doing a work update because today was like i don't know i just wanted to complain because today was like a crazy day even oh. though i like didn't even get that much work done but i was in meetings from like 10 a.m until 5 40 p.m mm-hmm. today like wow. i had an hour or two break in between but like the whole day was just meetings and seminars that was actually some that was like new for me because usually I'm just in the lab doing lab work. But I thought today because I had more meetings it would be more chill, but it wasn't because I had no office to squat in. So I had to squat in this like <laughs> microscope room and I was just like I don't know, I was just like arch or like hunching down in my chair the whole time because I wanted to, my I needed my head to be shown in the camera. It was a whole thing. Anyways. <laughs> um it was a yeah, it was a long day at work, but I think over the weekend, I, like Ming, I continued my crocheting hobby, and I ran out of yarn, oh. but basically, I'm trying to make a scarf for my sister, and I'm, like, almost done with it, and then I'm thinking about what my next project should be, so. Should make an animal. Yeah. have any requests? Mm-hmm. A what? An animal? animal? I don't like making those. They're too <laughs> like they're too detailed, and I just want something that I can do mindlessly, mm. like without counting the stitches. So I like doing like bigger things, like scarves yeah. and hats. Just Wait, a that's the annoying thing. It's like there was actually yeah. a lot more math than I thought. <laughs> like mm-hmm. having to pay like dropping sk- stitches and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you should make yeah, clothes for your pig. Like little <laughs> outfits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sally can make the outfits. Oh my gosh. You can pierce Wait, his ear too. Gonna... <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Sally, how are you uh, feeling 
like post oh after the vaccine right right? um, Mm -hmm. yeah so i took the vaccine on friday okay there was there was another thing like whole thing with the vaccine so apparently i wasn't supposed to get the invitation to take the vaccine (laughs) obviously i don't have any like i don't really have any pre-existing conditions like i'm not old i'm not exposed to covid patients so like it makes sense but i just scheduled it because i had the invitation and then i heard from my roommate who heard from like a lab meeting that they made a mistake basically in the system and like gave out these invitations for vaccination to like random people so me and this other postdoc in my lab And, like, in my roommate's lab, someone who's not even working on base, like, they're teleworking. They've been teleworking this whole time. And they got an invitation to take the vaccine. Yikes. So, yeah, I realized that after I already scheduled the vaccine. So, I still took it. Mm-hmm. And I had – so, I didn't really have any of the symptoms. But they make you stay there for 15 minutes to just be monitored in case you have, like, go into shock or whatever. Um, and I just had like a soreness in my arm at the injection site for around like two or three days, but it wasn't a long time, like comparable to a flu shot. I think it was more painful. Like it lasted longer than a flu shot for me, but usually for me, flu shots, the pain from the flu shot only lasts like an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's not really pain. It's more like soreness. Hmm. I'm curious about the big oops. Like. Was that? I wonder if it was like a computer error, like the, it like just automated. I think so, okay, so it wasn't like someone that like you were on a manual list. I don't think I was. I actually, I don't. I have no idea how they even messed this up. But I'm surprised no one like mess or no one contacted mm-hmm. you to tell you it was a mistake. Like you I were think, allowed to just go yeah. on and get it. I think it was just already too late because yeah, you can't take back like, what you already right. Gave. You can't give someone like the golden ticket and then like take it like revoke yeah. it. But I think a lot of people complain to like the people that are scheduling the priorities about like why they can't move up in the priority list and stuff like that. So today I got this email from I don't know like NIH, some head who's like in charge of this, and they were like, "Yeah, we hear all your complaints about the priority lists, but like just keep in mind if you don't have like pre-existing conditions or whatever, you can't move up in the list, and like we're assigning things." blah 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 and basically they're just trying to do like damage control can you still get the second shot you have yeah to, of right? course they can't deny you from the second shot because it's unethical mm-hmm. also wouldn't it just be a waste of the first one like, yeah if you didn't get the second mm-hmm. one then what was the point interesting yeah, because they don't have any data that like shows whether or not only having only one dose is sufficient so you have to get two doses if mm-hmm. you want to be safe yeah. yeah my boss was talking about getting the shot and apparently in mississippi they release it at midnight so people are like staying up and like waiting to get it like concert tickets <laughs> or something gosh oh my god it was like a mess wait your boss is in mississippi yeah oh huh. are they normally in this area or is it because of covid they've always been in mississippi oh do they not work like, in the company remote people yeah, so there's people that are always remote. Like their grand boss is in oh. Connecticut for forever. Grandpa's. Oh wow. You're a very internet international company. <laughs> international. <laughs> Interesting. In I don't know. <laughs> on that note, maybe we should move on. Bison Candle Co. is a small Asian American owned business. 
that hand pours and hand presses each and every candle, based out of Wilmington, Delaware. Brandon started this passion project as a way to reconnect with his Chinese heritage. Brandon custom blends fragrances for his candles to replicate nostalgic scents he grew up loving in an Asian American home, such as white rabbit candy, lychee red tea, and even white flower oil. Bison Candle Company uses only soy wax in their candles after finding out that most big label candle brands use paraffin wax, which actually produces toxins once lit. To reduce waste, Brandon uses recycled and reusable material for packaging. You can use the code Moving Bison. That's M O V I N G B A I S U N to take ten percent off your total order. Follow them on Instagram at Bison Candle Co. And visit them online at bisoncandleco.com. Alrighty, everyone. So as Sally said at the top of this episode, we're going to have a few special guests on today. And they're special because I think most times we've had our friends on as guests. Uh, but this time we have a fellow or a few fellow um, podcasters from the Eat Your Crust podcast. So we have Crystal and Jisoo on today. And we wanted to talk with them and uh, let you guys hear um, them explain because they started working or they graduated two years before us. So they've had a few years in the workforce and especially two years in the workforce um, in a non-COVID workforce. So it'll be interesting to hear their perspectives. So if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, how you met, um, majors, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Crystal. Um me and Jisoo met in college. Uh, we were in the same school, UC San Diego. And um, for those of who are, for those of who are familiar with UC San Diego, there's like six colleges within it. And me and Jisoo were in the same college, and we just like happened to meet through some mutual friends and just like different gatherings. Um, so me, my major in college was international business. Um, I used to be econ, but we can get into my like transition later. <clears throat> I also minored in computer science and I also minored in music. Um, and currently I'm in the Bay Area um, working as a graphic designer in the tech industry. Yeah. And hi, everyone. I'm Jisoo. Um, like Crystal said, we met in UC San Diego. Specifically, we met at this like Chipotle when we all took the bus <laughs> to get food for the first time off campus. Um, and it was like, such a funny little dinner that I never would have expected would turn into like a long friendship and a podcast co-hosting together. But um, I studied sociology in college and I also double majored in management science, which is kind of like quantitative economics. Um, and with Crystal, I did a computer science minor. And yeah, it's crazy to think that it's already been two years, I guess almost three years now since we graduated Um but I'm currently based in San Francisco being an analyst in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really excited to hear from you two as you guys have very different backgrounds compared to us and you guys also have more experience working. So we'll get to that later. But first, do you want to give our audience a little bit um, of a taste of what your podcast is all about? So you can explain the premise of your podcast and why did you decide to start it? Yeah, so I'll explain the name of our podcast. It might be a curious topic for listeners. <laughs> Eat Your Crust basically stems from the idea that crust has always been seen as a negative. Uh, throughout childhood, it's like cut the crust off of our little bread sandwiches or like people will rip the crust off and like toss it in the trash. So we try to talk about topics that are like 
um, sometimes seen as slightly more taboo or sometimes people tend to shy away from them, we try to like not be afraid of bringing those up and getting discussions started. Yeah, and to give a little bit more context into some of the things we talk about, um, some of our scariest episodes to record have been an episode about salaries where we talk about the stigma surrounding like the numbers game and we actually share our personal salaries ourselves living in the Bay Area. Um, And we really go into anything from Asian American identity to tech culture to relationships and friendships and managing them um, like post school. (laughs) So I think it's kind of like we talk about anything that's at the forefront of our mind and really get into discussions with our friends and sometimes cool guests. Um, Our friends are also cool guests, but you know (laughs) what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, the name is so cute when I first heard it. But like now that I know the meaning behind it, it's like even better so I love your naming sense but I also heard that the crust could also come from Crystal's like past nickname as crust oh yeah so um yeah it worked out because it was kind of like a play on words I guess because in high school um I used to play a lot of games with my friends and then like we're typing furiously at each other right so one time they missed misspelled my name into crustal instead of crystal and then they kind of like just kept calling me that and it just stuck after a while that was cute okay (laughs) okay moving along um so moving into maybe a little bit of background of how you chose to pursue a certain like major or career path um i would wonder if you guys ever experienced like pressure from your family or maybe societal pressure to pursue a certain career path um or maybe did you have any pressure from your peers who are all doing a certain thing yeah that's I think that's a great question um choosing your major you know right before you go into college and also deciding what to do for the rest of your life to make money for yourself I feel like are really intimidating and difficult Um, For me, I was lucky enough to not really face a lot of pressure from my family, but I think I did have a lot of environmental pressure where growing up in the Bay Area, um, like at the heart of Silicon Valley, so many of my, you know, friends' parents or parents' friends were engineers. Um, So many people worked in tech or were like doctors, lawyers. um, And I think there's a pretty highly competitive and very tech-based culture in Silicon Valley. So... I always knew that that was probably something that was like lucrative, but I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to go into it. So my dad used to always give me this lecture during dinner where he was like, there's three things you have to consider. Um, You have to consider what you like. You have to consider what you're good at. And you also have to consider what makes you money uh, when it comes to choosing your career. So um, I guess going along with that, I chose to study like three different things in college um, and ended up as an analyst, which <laughs> honestly, before I like really started applying to jobs, I didn't even know what that was as like a career path. But uh, yeah, I guess this is just what I'm doing. It's like, you know, focusing on numbers and analyzing data and looking at money and stuff like that and I almost wish there's like a better guidebook to choosing your career and major before Mm -hmm. you start college but um I didn't know this job existed and I guess now I'm doing it. (laughs) Crystal do you want to share um your perspective? Yeah so um for me I actually had a lot of pressure from my parents. Um, My dad is an engineer and my mom also studied engineering in college. And they're like, oh, Crystal, you should do computer science or something. Um, I also have an older brother and he actually went into college 
two years before me and he also went into engineering. So my parents were like, Crystal, you should probably do something like computer science or double E. We know that you'll be able to get a stable job after college. And um, like we've survived on it. We've managed on it. So we know that it'll be okay. And I was like, no, like <laughs> hell no, basically. I, I was really, really adamant of like not doing computer science because I was just completely not interested in it in for a long-term career path and I think them pressuring me to do it pushed me away from it even more like in the beginning I was like oh, I'm not super interested in it and then they were like oh you should do it and I was like no like I, I I think I straight up told them if I do computer science as my major I will be so unhappy like I would just not want to like do work ever like I don't think I would be able, be able to survive and they were like oh okay I guess <laughs> um so I ended up choosing econ and I mean I'm sure you guys have um and I'm sure you guys have experienced the same thing where you're so young you like don't really know what you're gonna do when you grow up and I was like okay I guess econ sounds like something related to business and potentially something decent um, so I guess I'll choose this. And my parents were like, okay, but like, what is econ? Like, what jobs are you going to get with that? And I was like, I don't know. Um, but I just know I'm not going to do computer science. Uh, so I mentioned that, um, I actually ended up switching to international business. So when I was doing econ in the first year, uh, I was like, wow, this is a lot more math than I thought. And, um, <laughs> I don't think my brain is ready to do more math after like 12 years of math in school. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, so as the math got harder, I got less motivated to do econ. And there's actually this one moment, I think it was in first the first quarter ever, me, Jisoo, and a couple other friends were taking econ one together. And I slept through a midterm. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> oh, I'm no. changing my major next quarter. one <laughs> <laughs> <That> midterm. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like the story behind my major. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to hear from your perspectives, I guess, because we grew up on the East Coast in the D.C. area. And even though that's like the complete opposite side from Silicon Valley, I guess the school that we went to was still pretty computer science, engineering heavy, very STEM. And so while none of us are in engineering or computer science, I can understand to some extent, a little bit of that pressure to do something that makes you money, quote unquote, or something that will be profitable. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't have the parental pressure, but yeah, that, it is interesting to hear your perspectives coming directly from the heart of tech, you could say. <laughs> I guess the yeah. funny thing is that I actually ended up doing a minor in computer science. But um, for me, it's like when I do things, I really need a purpose. Like I need to know that I chose to do this. If someone else told me to do it, and I had no like autonomy in that, then it just wouldn't make sense in my brain. I'd be like, I hate this. Mm -hmm. So in the end, the reason why I chose computer science was it actually helps with design. Um, if I were to ever want to go into like UX UI, I have that mm -hmm. like coding background um, and I'm able to like make websites on my own and do, do small things like that. So there was like a very real purpose behind doing computer science in the end. Mm -hmm. what was the music yeah. story like what's type of music <laughs> like singing or just in general um so for music uh one of my friends told me that she took this really cool music class at our school where she got to learn how to like mix and edit 
uh, recordings and stuff, just like mostly music, songs and stuff like that. And I did a little research into our school's music department. And actually, we have like a really good music department. And it's like number one in the nation for experimental music, something like that. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, and the teacher for this like audio engineering class was also a really pretty well-known guy within the music industry. Um, not so much pop, but like some of the more experimental or like classical stuff. And so I was really interested in taking that class. So I was like, all right, whatever, let's just take a music minor so I can take this class and learn something that seems really interesting. That sounds really Mm. cool. Were you able to use what you learned in that music class for your podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe like mixing sounds and stuff? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. So uh, a lot of like processing stuff is Mm -hmm. just um, some things that I picked up in class. Um, So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty helpful. Well, both of you seem to have a very, like, well, first of all, non-traditional, like, career path. And did college courses or did you have um, internships that actually helped you decide on what exactly you wanted? Because I know during college, a lot of people can feel kind of lost, like, with all the options that are out there and, like, all the majors that they could switch to. Like, how did you decide what you really wanted? Yeah, I think... Um, I was thinking about this question and I feel like I can actually trace back my current choice of career to this like one single class I took in freshman year. So um, since I came in as a sociology major, like that was like the major that I came to school with, um, we had to take this like methods class. So you could choose like surveying people on the street or, you know, doing um, like those long-term sociological studies where you like infiltrate a group and like uh, it just goes through all the ways you can kind of collect sociological data. But the methods class that I chose was actually like quantitative analysis of data um, on like a large scale. So what we did was we pulled data from the government database and then using that we kind of like formed a hypothesis and did the data analysis and uh, presented like a whole story. So basically like painting a narrative from a huge, huge amount of data. And when I was doing it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, it's honestly really fun. And like, usually school isn't that fun, right? (laughs) Um, And then later, I just found myself drawn more and more to all the data related classes in both my sociological major, um, and also my econ major, and also in the computer science minor classes. So um, by, by the time it was like, junior year or so I saw like a junior data analyst position at our school and I just kind of jumped at the opportunity ended up going in and learning a lot about like business intelligence and um, data visualization software and stuff like that and eventually it just became my career Um, and it's so crazy to think that this all came from like one course but I do think college is so strange in that way where every single thing you do like every class you take in the four years is going to shape your like entire life. And I'm only 24. So that might be like really big to say, but I think it's true. It's a really crazy time. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I actually did have an internship that I guess like solidified my original thought that I was very unsure of. So coming into college, I had been doing graphic design for a while um, just like learning it on my own, doing it for clubs and um, and kind of doing it on the side for one of my jobs that was really like, I think I was like um, 
a receptionist or something, but sometimes I'd help them with some random graphic design stuff. So, but then coming into college, there was still that stigma like, oh, you can't make money with art in general, right? So I was like, I guess graphic design is art. So I guess I can't make money with that. So thinking about my major and what that, what future jobs would mean, I was thinking about marketing. And um, so one of my first internships was in marketing. It was like web marketing or something like that. And I was doing it. I was setting up these ads on Google ads. Like people would give me the copy and I'm like putting the, uh, wait, let me say that again. Um, people would give me the art and they would give me the copy and I would just be like, okay, place art here, um, paste copy here, set like, when does this ad run? Whatever, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. I did this, and then every time I put the art in, I would be like, man, I should be the one making these ads. I shouldn't be the one, like, setting what time they're getting put out and, like, what the bids are on or whatever. I should be the one literally designing these ads. Um, so, I mean, the internship itself was really nice, and I did like it, and I learned a lot, but it just solidified my thought that if I really like graphic design, I should just do it because I'm, or else I'm going to be sitting here looking at these pieces of ads or art or whatever and just wishing that I was doing that instead of doing what I am doing. So after that, I just started doing graphic design internships and then now I'm just working in graphic design. In college, I took a lot of art classes because I just enjoyed it. I took like um, design, like 3D um, sculpture kind of thing, Um, like and then like a mixed media and painting and like all that stuff. But I guess I kind of just saw these classes as like something that I'm interested in, but not I never really saw it as something I could do as a career because maybe I just didn't have a lot of examples uh, of someone who made it into a career. So um, I like stuck with a t- traditional STEM path. But maybe if I had someone that was similar to me that who also took these like non-traditional paths that I would feel more empowered to like follow that direction in my career path yeah I think it is hard um especially with what you said like having no example mm-hmm. um I was in yearbook in high school so a lot of my close friends and like I guess like high school mentors were there working with me teaching me and then a couple of them did end up going into graphic design um post or after graduating so they're a couple years older than me so seeing that it was also like helpful because I realized that oh this is doable like if Mm -hmm. they're getting real jobs as a graphic designer and it's like they're able to survive then like who cares what these people keep saying about like being a poor art student (laughs) or like art worker or whatever I was like it makes sense like they they're surviving they can do it then I don't see why I wouldn't be able to either Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have like creative freedom retained while you work in graphic design instead of doing, you know, freelance or doing your own thing in design? Like, do you give a part of that up when you want to go like the business or like the working at a company route? Hmm. It's hard to say. I think like both sides have their pros and cons, but I've never done like true freelance, so I don't really know. But I do know like companies you always have to follow the brand guideline. So there is always going to be a little bit of limitation. Uh, freelance, like sometimes you're not necessarily working for a company. It could just be a an independent client. So there's like technically no brand guidelines. 
but in a like corporation job or just like non-freelance job there's a little more security like you get your benefits um you get your salary or hourly or whatever versus freelance if you don't have work for a while you might just like not have work unless you go out and really search for clients Mm -hmm. yeah wait actually this might be off topic but do you guys consider this podcast like a side hustle or a way to generate profit in the future or is it you know (laughs) not like that Oh man. I mean, honestly, like I think the way that we first started this project was totally just a way to like share stories. Um, at least for me, I never really thought about money and I don't think I really knew that podcasts could make money until I saw some of the, you know, some similar podcasts to us where there's like Asian American women talking. Like when I saw those blow up, I was like, oh, maybe this is kind of lucrative. But mm-hmm. I don't think we ever necessarily approached it initially for like a side hustle sort of thing. But um, who knows where it will go in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, so I guess transitioning to um, after college, how did you find your first job? Like it was I guess for us, our process was a little bit different because we had to find a job during the pandemic. And like with everything happening, um, I like Ming documented her job searching process on our podcast. And like every week she was like, I've been looking for a job since I graduated and I still don't have a job. I'm on LinkedIn every day. But um, what was it like for you guys who graduated a little bit earlier than us? Um, I can start. So my job search process was very long, to be frank. (laughs) Um, I actually graduated like March of 2018. And then I didn't start like my first job until December of 2018. Um, And that's a pretty long process. So basically, uh, I found out in my senior year that my parents were actually going to move out of the country. They were like, yeah, we're just going to go to Korea. So bye. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. So um, I actually grew up as an only child, like super close to my family. So it was a little bit of a shock for me. Um, So I ended up just cramming all my classes into the first two quarters of senior year so that I could go home and spend some time with my mom before she moved uh, back to Korea and my dad. Um, But basically, I feel like once I left school, I was so much less diligent about actually applying to jobs. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of a weird time because uh, Crystal, uh, Crystal, me and two other friends, um, we actually planned like this trip to Asia in the middle of the summer, too. So um, when I was like interviewing in March, uh, you know, some of the more like entry level programs, if it's in like a big corporation, they're more okay with like you pushing out the starting date and stuff but with smaller companies sometimes they're like oh we need you to start like next month and I was like oh I have like a eight-week vacation planned um (laughs) in the middle of summer so it was kind of like a weird time of interviewing and then either not being able to start early enough or the company wasn't okay with me taking like a long ass vacation like one month after I started which is totally Mm -hmm. understandable um but luckily I just kept applying to jobs and got plenty of rejections and eventually found a job in December or maybe I think it was November. Um, And then I've been with that company ever since. So I don't know if I necessarily have like the ideal like college student, like you secure a job in April and then you like enjoy senior year kind of a story. But 
Um, I also turned out fine, even though I took like nine months to get a job. So if this is helpful for anyone, I hope it is. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Jisoo, oh, yeah. I think it's really good to hear your story of having to apply or get rejections because I was not aware of that. And um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but a lot of our friends are in computer science or business. And so they were getting offers like mm. in the fall semester, like super early and I don't know about you guys, but for me, that was very disheartening because mm-hmm. um, I was just, app- I was applying, but getting rejected because it was too soon, like too soon to be applying for jobs that I hadn't even graduated yet for my field. So it was so disheartening to hear that. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice, I guess, to know that it takes time to find a job, especially, <laughs> I guess, for us three, especially during a pandemic. But um, hearing your story might be really helpful for, for some other people. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, I also have a lot of like engineering friends. So I literally had people in like junior year be like, oh, yeah, like my internship offered me a full time Mm. job. So I don't have to do Um. anything anymore. And I was like, do they know you're still in school? Like, I don't understand this process. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of like people, I think, who, uh, you know, take their time. And sometimes I feel like jobs are weird because you literally apply to like two, three hundred and then you just accept like one offer. And I'm like, wow, that's like, it seems like such a waste. But also it's just, um, I think that's just the way life is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our summer energy. trip also yeah. threw us off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was like two months of us um, in Asia traveling. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, I mean, if it I were in Jesus' though. position, yeah, <laughs> it, it was super fun. But like if I were in Jesus' position and having like graduated early I probably would have just not even applied to work for the first few <laughs> months not gonna lie that's true yeah um yeah so for me uh my journey with like getting a job after college was a little different mine was a little complicated I guess but it's it was honestly kind of similar to Jisoo's as well um so I graduated in June so regular time um but I actually had this internship from last summer so it was 2017 summer and my team really liked me and I really liked my team so we actually extended that internship into the school year and I had high hopes like oh maybe if they liked me so much that they let me work throughout the school year um, they might let me work full-time afterwards after I graduate and then I was like "Ooh, but we also have that like summer trip planned I don't really know the logistics for this. I guess I'll just wait it out and see. So I didn't really bother applying to other places. Um, And I was kind of like hoping and praying for this job. But then like, um, well, in tech companies, there's a lot of reorging very commonly, very often. So there was like something got reorged. We had like a new creative director in charge. And it was a very weird time for that department that I was working in. Um, and my manager, she even said like, Hey, Crystal, I don't know, like if we'll be able to convert you to full time afterwards, because this new creative director is like very strict. He's saying, um, like there are certain things that might block you from becoming a full time. So I was like, okay, um, I guess that's okay. And like June is creeping up. I like, haven't been looking for jobs. So then I was like, whatever, I'll accept this. Um, I've been really busy anyway. It's I'm just going to take a break. So I like mm-hmm. stopped applying or well, I never started applying. So I just didn't <laughs> look at jobs at all. We went on our trip. We had a lot of fun. We came back in August or so. 
And I was like, you know what? I don't want to work. And this is like very, um, it's very like privileged of me to be able to do this because my parents live in the Bay Area and um, that means I have housing here um, and I can just like, they were very nice enough to be like, yeah, you can stay here. But you know, to them, they thought I was applying to jobs this whole time, but I was just like low key doing nothing. <laughs> um, so I was like not really applying to jobs for at least two months because I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I want to break. Like, uh, even though, or if you think about it in college, the goal is always to have an internship in the summer or even like go back to like finish school faster over the summer, right? So I was like, dude, we don't have real summer breaks. Um, so I'm just going to give myself one right now. And I, I did work like a side job. I tutored a little bit on the side. Um, but then I think closer to November, October, November, I started actually applying to jobs. And I had this like false sense of confidence, um, which mm-hmm. I think is a good and bad thing. But I was like, you know what? I got my internship like last minute last summer and it worked out really well. Like I loved the internship. My team loved me. The company was great. So I don't doubt that, you know, something will happen. It'll just come in clutch and save me. So um, <laughs> that, there was like that slight false sense of um, a- accomplishment and confidence. But I ended up getting a job that wasn't really ideal, but it was like a not bad job at the time. And I was like, my parents think that I've been applying to jobs this whole time, so I better get one just so that they're <laughs> like, they're like, at least Crystal's working. Um, so I got it. And I think a lot of people, or I think an important thing to realize is that your first job is never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe if you're an engineer, you have a slightly higher chance in the Bay Area. But I mean, even engineers can struggle to find like a really good job because it is super competitive in general. Um, so this job was more of a like a way to just make ends meet I guess and um we can go into it a bit later but I ended up like switching jobs later and uh that process that process in itself was very interesting as well I can definitely relate to having the false sense of confidence because um for me I guess throughout like high school and college I always just like apply to thing half-heartedly and like somehow things worked out and then so my senior year of college I was like applying my original plan was to go to grad school straight out of college so I was applying to like I only applied to four grad schools actually I was doing everything last minute like getting my recs last minute and I was like it'll be fine like I'll probably get in right I didn't get in so then I had to fall into my my backup plan which is to do like a gap to like two gap years and mm-hmm. do this um post-pack program but it's like oh, it's a process like applying to things like after I found out I wasn't getting into grad school I was like oh shoot now I have to apply for jobs so I was just like scrolling through all the possible jobs that I could um and then like sending all these applications out but like 90% of them don't get back to you and then you just feel so discouraged so I feel like once you have your first job it's so hard to decide to like move on because then you have to go through the whole process again mm-hmm. but do you guys I guess Crystal did you feel that way I guess because your first job you weren't really satisfied with it but did you feel like it was a whole process to like transition out of your entry level job or were you like ready to go (laughs) um yeah it was definitely a process and I think like going into the job I tried to hype myself up about I was like you know it's not that bad like um Mm -hmm. I mean the company itself and the job itself really wasn't that bad but after working there for um 
a few months, I just, I started to see that I wasn't learning. And I think that is something that's really important to me personally. And I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of other people, it just feels better when you're like learning stuff when you're working or doing something that like stimulates your brain. Right. Um, right. So or of, co- of course, you want a balance of that. Um, you don't want to be like overstimulated and like <laughs> tired out of your mind. Right. But I just felt like um, for my personal for my personality, it wasn't quite matching. Um, but it was very scary because it was a stable job, um, like mm-hmm. a full time employee and everything like that. So it was, yeah, it was very scary. And I also had to like, as a designer, you have to update your portfolio. And I think there's like kind of a running joke where designers are like, oh my God, I'm, I've like, I'm never getting to updating my portfolio because I just like don't have time or I'm too lazy or whatever. So I was like, okay, I really have to like sit down and update my portfolio, start to look through jobs and like make myself look shiny and interesting, especially because I decided that I wanted to leave before a year was up and I know like a lot of the a lot of the advice people will give you is to stay at a job for at least a year but I chatted with some friends and they're like dude honestly like you know we're young and if you're really upset in this job isn't it better to just like take the loss here and like leave early and you'll have better mental health in the long run and you know just don't end up in a job that you're you won't be as happy in or like try not to and you know what you don't like now and you know what you like so in the long run it's probably going to benefit you more than if you just stayed there mm-hmm. um so yeah it i ended up like picking up switching to a contractor job actually which is kind of different cuz you're not a full-time employee you don't get all of the company benefits and stuff you get limited benefits from your contracting agency But in the end, I'm like, in my current job, which is the one that I switched to, I'm Mm -hmm. a lot more stimulated. I'm learning a lot more. And the work that I do is like more exciting to me. So in the end, I think it was very worth it. Mm -hmm. I think that's good advice for people who are like questioning whether to leave their first job. Because I know for me, I'm like, it's so hard for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any previous listener of us will know that we're so grateful for our our first jobs, but when we do our weekly recaps, I feel like half the time it's us like questioning if this job is right for us or <laughs> I don't know, maybe kind of talking about our bosses or you know, just like it's it's so hard to know because throughout college, the reason you're going to college is to get a job that's like mm-hmm. drilled into your brain. That's the only reason you're shelling out all this money. And so when you get a job, especially during a pandemic, you're like super happy to have one, but then <laughs> you're questioning like is this right for me like it's it's not as straightforward as you're in college and you just take classes now it's like mm-hmm. trying to figure out work-life balance and I don't know there's so many options so I have to admit Crystal when um we kind of listened to your other episodes or read a little bit about the podcast it was um interesting to hear that you did do a career switch or a, a job switch a little earlier on because um, I think we wanted to hear maybe a little bit of your your reasoning behind it because I know a bunch of us, not just us three, have probably thought about it at least once in their like career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely pros and cons because I left early before a year, so I never got a chance to be promoted. And mm-hmm. in like contractor work, you're usually never promoted. It's like very, very rare 
that you get a real quote unquote promotion because those don't really exist in contracting. Um, so there is definitely a pro like for Jisoo staying long-term in her first entry career. Um, it's cool because your first promotion can usually happen depending on your industry, like within two to three years, I would say probably. Um, I mean, Jisoo can talk more about that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you bring it up because I think the promotion process is also something that people don't really know about when you're like a college student, but it is kind of important depending on your career path to like move on from your entry level job, not just in terms of like leaving the job itself, but also like moving on from the initial position that you started in. Um, in my case, it was kind of like a it was definitely like a vertical promotion, but also like a horizontal promotion at the same time. So I was moving a little bit away from the initial job that I had started from. And I didn't necessarily know if that was a good or a bad thing, but I just wanted like the salary increase to be completely <laughs> honest. So I just took it. Um, but I do feel like that's um, like when I made the decision to take the promotion, I had to accept that in the future, it might not be the exact path that I had envisioned before going into the job itself. So um, I still say that I'm an analyst, but right now I do more like demand planning work, which is still like data related, but not necessarily like the in-depth analysis that I was doing before. Now it's like a more business position. Um, but I think that's kind of common when you you know, are offered promotions. It's not always like the software engineer one, software engineer two, <laughs> like that kind of vertical ladder that you imagine in like tech and stuff. So um, I feel like with your first job, I almost see it as like a first relationship where it's like when you have your first boyfriend, you like kind of settle. You're like, oh, everything he does is so amazing. And, you know, like you just can't imagine yourself ever leaving but um, I feel like you have to shoot for the stars and be a little bit more brave, which is why mm. Crystal's episode on our podcast, um, How to Quit Your First Job, that one was like so inspiring for me. I was like, dang, you can just like do it and not be like scared about it, you know? <laughs> but I will say like in the we've been working for like two a little over two years now and um, a lot of our friends, I think like probably all of them who have a full-time employee position have been promoted at least once. And I'm like, dang, I've never been promoted. I like don't even know what it feels like or like what the process is to be promoted. Um, so it's like, it's a, I feel like I'm in a weird position in terms of like career path in itself, but I am in a position where I'm still like happy about it. So it doesn't bother me too much, but it is always just like in the back of your mind people are like, oh, I'm like getting promoted or, oh, I'm applying for a promotion. I'm like, that's super exciting. But then I'm also like, whoa, what, when am I ever going to get promoted? Probably not until I get like a full-time position and then work for like a year or two. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting like situation. Mm -hmm. So we know that jobs and like your career is only one dimension that can change after graduating. So I guess, how would you describe your friendships and relationships after um during like the post-grad time um were there any struggles or like distance going through that hmm. yeah that's a really good question I feel like uh I didn't expect my entire life to change so much after graduation um I think being a student you have so much free time not just in terms of like actual time but also just like mental headspace 
So when I was a student, I was like, oh, I can't wait to like actually have an adult job because then I can do the nine to five. And then after 5 p.m., I can just do whatever I want. There's no like homework. And, mm, you know, yeah. I probably would have more time to do hobbies and meet with friends. But I think it's the total opposite. Like it's I'm sure you guys have experienced this um, with your careers, but it's like after work, I feel like my brain has turned into like mush and sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. like. I'm just drained and like even my emotions feel depleted. So then I'll like watch a TV show that in college I thought was so funny. And then the only laughter that would come out is like a sharp exhale through my nostrils. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like becoming a shell of who I am. But uh, for my case, I actually also moved in with my boyfriend um, pretty soon after college graduation. And I think the change that comes from that, plus like starting at a, like starting like a full-time job, um really changed the way that I look at like friendships that I look at my time um sometimes I joke and I'm like I feel like an old married woman already but I do think like the emphasis on things that you felt like were really important when you were a student um definitely gets a lot smaller and like a little bit more faded um and that's not to say like I don't appreciate my friends or that are friendships have like faded into the background because we still definitely care for each other and we make time but I don't think it's as like high on the priority list when you also have to think about stuff like money and work and relationships and family um so it's a little bit different yeah I agree um it's it's hard to keep up with friends actually and especially in the bay area I think because um we're kind of infamous for our like commute times. So me personally, I have one of the actually I would say I'm like in the middle um in terms of commute length and you'd be surprised I guess to hear that in the middle means an hour to 2 hours depending mm. on traffic. Wow. Um so for me, I usually try to get to work like back before COVID, I would try to get to work um earlier to beat the traffic and that means I have to like leave early or leave my house earlier luckily for me I had like my company has shuttles so I just get on the shuttle and I like fall asleep but um (laughs) I mean even then it's still tiring right and like coming home if I didn't take the 4 p.m shuttle then it would possibly take two hours to get home which would mean like if I left at five then I get home at seven that's like so late Mm -hmm. so I try to get on the 4 p.m shuttle with one (laughs) of my friends and then we would be able to get home by like 5 5 30 ish mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah it's tough and usually by then we're like super tired as well so we just like get on the show and sleep <laughs> and then you get home and it's like dark and you're like oh well I guess the day's over so I'll just stay at home and like do nothing for the rest of the day so I agree with like time just feels a lot more limited um because nine to five is set in your day um it's like a pro and con I guess like you have your schedule you know you're working nine to five every day um but in college it was like oh, let me just, you know, move this class to Mondays and Tuesdays only <laughs> mm-hmm. and this one to also mm-hmm. Monday. So then like your Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays are like all empty or something. Right. Um, so yeah, that that's a huge difference time for sure. Mm-hmm. Crystal, yeah. hearing about you talk about like the commute time, I was thinking about for, for us um, working remote now, I guess all, all of you are working remote, but um, to me, it was like appealing because, wow, I don't have to commute into the city or, you know, spend that one hour, one hour and a half to to travel. But on the downside of that, it's like 
10 times harder to ever see friends, especially mm-hmm. with a pandemic. Like, it's so hard to even have that emotional energy to, like, call someone up on Zoom when you've already been on Zoom for the past eight hours or <laughs> working with your um, colleagues, like, through a screen. I don't want to talk to my friends through a screen. So mm-hmm. there's definitely pros and cons to this situation, but I imagine the commute times are are pretty rough more so than I ever thought about in college like I never considered commuting times because I was always like while this walk from this building across (laughs) campus to this building is so far like I'm never gonna have to do this like post-grad but oh my god that's so true yeah especially if it's like across the whole campus you're like Mm -hmm. oh my god like I can't believe I have to walk 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) I think Megan and I tracked where our offices are in DC and we're pretty close. So we're like, oh, when we're working in the office, we can pop by or something. But that's <laughs> in another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an awesome tactic though. Um, like meeting up with friends during your lunch hour at work or something, especially if they are really close. I know for me, it was a little harder because I worked in Mountain View or the office that I'm in is in Mountain View. So things are a little more spaced out because that's like slightly more suburban area. Um, so if if I wanted to meet up with a friend at lunch, I would usually drive to work that day because I know I have to like drive out to meet up with them. Um, but I think it's a lot different in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I will say like it must be harder for you guys since, you know, straight out of college into your first jobs. It's like literally during a pandemic. I think when Crystal and I graduated in 2018, um, I still felt like, so I was like professional me, you know, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday or Sunday were like when I would let loose and like college, you know, (laughs) drinking, Jisoo would come out. So then I I at least felt like I was hanging on to like a little bit of my true like student self. Um, Now Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, in the pandemic and not going out, you know, not really doing anything exciting I do feel like much more I don't know like I do feel like much more of an adult if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. I feel like my biggest worries now are like oh I hope I can fall asleep early today so that tomorrow (laughs) I can wake up early and do work um and that's like what I look forward to I'm like oh I'm so excited for like this show episode to come out on Friday um (laughs) but at least you know before it was like oh on Friday I can like meet up with my friends and we can go like bar hopping which is a little bit more exciting so I feel like that's another big thing to like transition into is like uh you have to like put on a sort of front right not to say that you're being like fake at work but when you're professional, you know, that's not really like your true self and you are filtering yourself. And I think that's like mm-hmm. the hardest thing to like come to terms with because then it's like, when can I be myself? You know, it's like mm-hmm. only after 5 p.m. I can truly be myself. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so that's real. A good point. Wait, do your coworkers know about your podcast or do they not? Is that not part of the professional <laughs> image? <laughs> Actually, some of my coworkers do and um they like really support it and like it and sometimes I'm like, "Oh god, we literally talk about like birth control or like I literally <laughs> dropped my salary number and stuff in the podcast, but uh we're not too spicy. <laughs> we're not that spicy, so <laughs> it's safe for now." <laughs> Dang. I actually some of my coworkers know too cuz I I mentioned it to my manager because I we have to do like some voiceover voice production work at my job and so I was like oh since we're going the pandemic I can actually just do it because I have equipment and I know how to do it um and by the way I have a podcast so like 
I, I know how to do it. And then he was like, oh my God, you have a podcast? And then it's so funny because sometimes he'll just randomly like advertise it to everyone who we work with. One time we were doing, uh, it was, there was an email thread for this project that I was working on and we were collaborating with another team. And then he was like, blah, 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 blah. And then the bottom, he was like, by the way, check out Crystal's podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. God. Um, but, you know, I, I think usually people don't read to, like, the very bottom of emails. So, like, maybe they didn't see it. But I was just like, oh, God, like, I don't so know exposed. if they should listen. <laughs> Wait, I have an off-topic question, kind of. But do you guys mm-hmm. put your podcast as, like, an activity on your resume? Like, do you think it helps you when you apply for jobs as like, an additional skill? Um, I put it on LinkedIn and my portfolio mm-hmm. as like just a project, like side project. But on my actual resume, I don't think it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, one of our guests cited our episode in like MLA format on <laughs> oh their <my> CV. <laughs> wow. And it was so disorienting to see it like on paper. <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. funny. <laughs> I think this kind of goes back to what Jisoo was saying about having your kind of like professional face on but I also I must have listed the podcast on my LinkedIn or something because when I was interviewing the job that I work at now they asked me about my podcast just as like a fun kind of like what do you do for fun we see that you have a podcast that kind of question Mm -hmm. and I don't know about you guys but it makes me feel so like awkward to like talk about that with them and then acknowledge that I have a personal life even though everyone at work has a personal life like everyone has that outside hobby time but for me I feel like I really try to keep those spaces separate Mm -hmm. and maybe that's also because I don't have that boundary because we're working from home but I'm wondering like do you guys find that it's hard to like balance that like personal versus work and I guess the not necessarily workload, but like that um, energy, that that time. Yeah, I think it's like it totally depends on your company culture. I will say so. Like now that we're working from home, you can see my boyfriend's desk right behind me. But I'm like in all my own meetings, and then I hear my boyfriend in all of his meetings, and um, just like the difference between our meetings is so stark. Like my company culture is very like there's a lot of women and people are super nice and friendly. So it's like, oh, my Mm. God, like, how are your kids? How's your family? How's this? So it's Mm. like you share what you want of your personal life. And then I feel like for my boyfriend, it's like, okay, let's fix this. Can you fix this? Thank you so much. And then he like hangs up. Um, Is it IT or? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's an engineer. So it's very like stereotypical, right? (laughs) Um, But I think it's difficult because I've seen – you know, people bring in their like family drama into the workplace. And um, I think right now it's easier to do so because every time you're on like a video call, you see like your whole, you know, space behind you. But Mm -hmm. I think there's cons to sharing too much of your personal life for sure. Like, uh, especially for women, I think it can be sort of detrimental to how people see you as like a professional, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to keep that in mind. But I do, I will say that if you don't have like one fairly close friend at work, I think it would be really, really hard to like truly enjoy work, at least for me. That's like my kind of rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. How did you make that close friend though? Like just getting started, I think that'd be hard. Yeah, I think um, we did like a small happy hour. And I th- I will say like what bonds you the most to coworkers is like, uh, 
<laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but like when you share a certain complaint about <laughs> about your work, then it's easier to like bond a little bit. And mm. um, I think you can kind of test the waters with people. And when you like feel the vibe, I feel like you kind of know, and then you like become fast friends. But at the same time, like I know it's rare to kind of cross that boundary, and maybe it it, it was easier for me just because I was still in like the student mindset of like, oh, gotta make friends and like my classes, and therefore also yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think having a friend at work definitely does help. Um, but for me, my close friend at work was actually not in my team it was actually just people who work at the same company and they're like good friends from college and stuff and so what I would do back before COVID would end um there was like beer on tap in my office um it was funny because it was like my office was the only one with it because um there was a team that got acquired by our company and they were like, if you're going to acquire us, we need to have this beer tap in the office. Like, that is our requirement. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so the company was like, um, okay, just bring it over. <laughs> so our building has that beer tap. So I made, like, a Crystal's happy hour. And then every Friday, um, like, a couple of my high school or college friends would come and join me. And we just sit there in the last hour of work and, like, chat, catch up, and, like, drink a beer, which was pretty <laughs> nice. Um but now that like we're work from home, because they're all from different teams and stuff, and they're like friends, not really like, <clears throat> not really like coworker friends, but like friends, friends, right? So I don't mm-hmm. like talk to them at work anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more like if I text them or like Facebook message them or something. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I'm like more of an introvert, so I like if I just have a decent, pretty good relationship with someone at work, that's like enough usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have those like company like happy hours though because we have like the virtual ones and i keep telling sally and me it's like my <laughs> so waking nightmare painful. i can't do anything in those <laughs> virtual happy hours zoom Wait, happy hours hour was like yeah <laughs> okay but i don't have any happy hours because like we don't do that in research and i'm just like so jealous of you guys because i see happy hours as like a way to talk to people casually but we don't have any of that and there's no way for me to make friends, I guess. <laughs> Especially you can start rem- one. Like, in the <laughs> pandemic. I guess, but it's not the same. I think my team tried to, but um, we, like, we found that if we make it too frequent, like it was really truly weekly, then people wouldn't show up because they'd be like, oh, mm. I have to do work, so I'm just not going to mm. show up. Because virtual is, holds so much less accountability for like True. fun things right um so one time my manager hosted one it was like our first time in maybe two or three months and he named it like team meeting and it seemed very serious um but in the description it was like oh it's just a happy hour right and then one of our coworkers, she didn't read the description so she like showed up very on time was like very ready and very serious oh, no. and then we're like <laughs> drinking beers and she was like oh wait this is a happy hour she was oh, like, my God. oh i thought it was actually a meeting so that was honestly like meeting titles are a part of etiquette I would say like (laughs) I remember one time my boss also scheduled something with like a kind of cryptic uh meeting title and I spent like three hours freaking out and I was like am I gonna get fired like should I start applying for jobs and then it turns out he was just like hey guys like thanks so much for all your hard work this year like give yourself a round of applause and I was like bro I literally spent so much time like worrying about this (laughs) What was the title? That was so scary. 
it was like team meeting. I think it was exactly team meeting. Oh and then God. I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the description was like, just have an update for you guys. Oh my and God. I was like, oh, the fuck, <laughs> it's over. That's like too vague. Right. So serious yeah. and too vague. It's like, is this yeah. a positive update or a negative update? <laughs> exactly. You get to be surprised. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess we can move a little on to maybe wrapping it up a little bit, but what do you think or what do you consider your biggest challenges that you face out of college, whether it be at work or in your relationships or personal life or do you have any advice basically? Because it feels like every day we're we're facing new things that we never learned how to do in college, especially when it comes to like more like relationship management and that Mm. sort of stuff. So do you have any advice to help us out? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a pretty big question. Like even just in this episode, we talked about how working is so different from like, you know, when we were in college. But I would say the biggest challenge for me was learning to just balance everything um, and learning to like really become an adult, if that makes sense. So in terms of balance, like I just found it so hard to like juggle work and my friendships and maintain a good relationship with my boyfriend and my family um, when it felt so much more like effortless I guess when we were younger Um, I know especially in terms of like friendships uh, once you go to college you start to sort of feel this but when you're not seeing someone every day and your spheres are like becoming more and more different from your friend's spheres then it can feel hard to be connected but I think what I didn't realize was everything is like effort you know, like, um, maybe it felt effortless for me in high school or like when I was younger, but it might not have been that effortless for some of my friends. So then learning to like really take the initiative, reach out and, um, you know, really learn to like maintain friendships, I think was a big one for me. And in general, just learning to, I guess, like just take more charge of my own life. So like, um, I talk about this a lot on our podcast, but being like a good daughter to my parents and not just like, you know, I guess like not just benefiting from them being there, but like really making them also benefit from my presence as well. Um, Being more mindful when it comes to friendships and relationships of their own schedule and their own busyness um, and understanding that everyone has their own problems, I think was a big one. So in general, like I feel like I became a little bit less idealistic about life um, and little and a little bit more um eager to like take charge of my own life if that makes sense dang jisoo you have a tough life (laughs) (laughs) i do it honestly like sounds so obvious but i don't know why it took me so long to learn (laughs) no but i totally agree i think like we've kind of touched on these like topics throughout the episode how like keeping up with friends is hard and even like before COVID right like keeping up with friends is hard like finding the balance is hard I totally agree with Jisoo um balance is a big thing um just figuring out like how to organize your time Mm -hmm. yeah I guess like Mm -hmm. my biggest challenge is also related to the balance issue right um but for me um it's a little more specific um and it's also been like heavily affected by COVID so basically, me and my boyfriend are long distance, and he lives basically across the country. Um, so visiting each other is, like, not the cheapest, not the most, like, easy thing to do. 
the reason why we're long distance is because my boyfriend is in um, grad school. He's doing his PhD right now. And so we're like, he's in um, Toronto, Canada doing it. And so it's literally like a cross country. And in the beginning, he started September 2019. It wasn't too bad. We visit each other and we're like, okay, nice. We can probably make this work if we can try to see each other every like two, three months. And then COVID started happening. And I managed to like go and visit him in February before the like true lockdown was happening in like March, April. But it was already starting to be kind of like scary. And my parents were like, Crystal, maybe you should just cancel this trip. Um, I like don't really feel very safe with you sitting on a plane with who knows like where these people have been and everything. And I was like, I'll wear a mask. (laughs) And um, like luckily I managed to take that trip without any like big issues. Um, But that was like the last time we saw each other for a really long time. The next time we saw each other was like in person was I think like August um so I think that's just been a huge challenge because in the beginning it's like oh well long distance is fine we can figure out a way to visit each other more often but now it's like oh but there's like COVID visiting each other is a lot more difficult um and so even now it's still like trying to figure out the best courses of actions and how to like make it easier to see each other um or else if it's really bad um we might only be able to see each other like couple times a year or something so yeah crystal i may have some more detailed (laughs) questions after this all because um yeah my boyfriend and i we've been in a few like short long distance when he traveled abroad but he's actually moving to california whenever this pandemic is over so Mm -hmm. we will be across country so uh (laughs) it's good to hear that you're still able to manage it though even through a pandemic so Mm-hmm. I think both of your both of you guys has had really good advice for us and for our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Crystal and Jisoo. I feel like we covered what like our goals were for our podcast in general. I think we kind of focus on all the dimensions of going through this transition and since y'all are so close in time to us it really felt like some like intimate advice um that was really (laughs) applicable to our lives and hopefully our listeners who are our age or even in college could benefit or relate or feel affirmed in their experiences also so so thanks so much for sharing and for coming to our podcast Yeah, yeah thank you for inviting us on um it was fun sharing some of our limited knowledge <laughs> i felt like i was talking to myself from two years ago um so yeah we introduced your cross podcast a bit in the beginning but did y'all want to do like a final plug of your content and social media yeah you can find us on instagram at eat your cross pod mm-hmm. and if you enjoyed this episode we also recorded an episode on their podcast where it's a little bit more lighthearted. We talk about the differences between Gen Z, millennials, and zennials as a topic. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode when it comes out on Monday, our episode on Eat Your Crust will be coming out on Wednesday. So make sure to check it out. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us as usual on Instagram and YouTube at Moving Along Pod. And for more content, um, 
check out our Medium blog at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>